Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Resurrection City Church. My name is Julie, and I am one of the pastors here, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet. Uh, And I just want to give a special welcome to any of you who are new or just visiting with us this morning, Uh, especially because, as you've probably heard, today is our birthday. So we are really excited about that. Um, I know it's not technically the same day we launched. We launched on January 27th of 2019, but because it's a Sunday, you're just going to celebrate on Sundays. Um, And so you might be thinking, isn't it a little strange for a church to be, like, making such a big deal about its birthday? Like, aren't birthday parties for kids? We're adults here. Uh, What are we doing? But we really think it's important to celebrate. Um, We see a pattern of it in Scripture, of God calling his people to remember and to praise them for what he has done. Um, We see in Scripture that after God does amazing things or big things, you know, people write songs, people build monuments and things to remember those things by. And God is constantly calling his people to remember his work and what he has done. And so In some ways, that's what we do every single Sunday. Every time we gather, we are here to celebrate what God has done, what Jesus has done on the cross for us in his death and in his resurrection. Um, We celebrate that every week and remember in communion, which is something we do every week. Uh, But today we wanted to take some time to specifically celebrate uh, three years of Resurrection City. Uh, And in the church planning world, three years is like kind of a big deal. It's kind of a... um, like a birthday that's like, I don't know, when you turn 13 and you're suddenly a teenager, or when you're 18 and you're, you know, you can do all the, like, it's one of those types of birthdays. So we're really excited about it. Um, And I also want to point out, we've got this lovely uh, little birthday logo, kind of combines our logo. Drew Ellerick made that for us, Um, just as a way to celebrate. So I think that, you know, when we think about birthdays and we think about the ways that we celebrate in our culture, we typically think of birthdays more as um, just like a fun thing, right? If you think about what were some of the big traditions you had growing up as a kid or maybe traditions you have now, Um, maybe you ate certain foods on your birthday, maybe you went to certain places or you got gifts, whatever it is, um, our birthday celebrations tend to be about like the here and now or even sometimes more focused on the future and what's to come. Uh, I think in our culture, when we celebrate milestones, often the first question we ask is like, well, what's next, right? Like when someone graduates, we're like, well, what are you going to do now? Or when someone retires, we ask, well, what, you know, what's your plan now? What, what are you going to do with your time? Um, and even when, some, when we have birthdays, sometimes that's the focus is to say, well, what's next? What, you know, what are you excited about in this next year? And those are all great things. And so we want to take some time to look ahead as well. So we're going to talk about that. But I don't want to miss the part about celebrating what God has already done. Um, We can be so focused on what's coming next sometimes that we forget to look back and to celebrate the things that have already happened. So this morning, um, we're going to be doing a little bit of that, especially because I know as we hit three years, If you've been with us since the very beginning, you might be thinking, well, what is next, right? Like, we're officially probably planted, you know, we've reached this point, so now, what are we doing now? Um, And maybe for some of you who have started coming since then, all you've ever known us as is, like, church in the pandemic, which is crazy to think about, but it's true. If you started coming within the last couple of years, all you've ever known is church inside the pandemic, and so you might be wondering, what's next? 
So this sermon is going to feel less sermon-like. I'm just going to throw it out there now. Um, it's going to feel a little bit more like a state of the union, sort of. Um, we're going to spend some time looking back and spend some time looking forward um, and just talk about what's, what we're hoping God will do in the future. All with the caveat that we know we have very little control over most things, and if nothing else, that is a lesson we have learned as a church, um, maybe more so than if we would have if we had planted in a different time. And so I, I want to remember um, Proverbs 16.9 that says, In their hearts human plan, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And so this morning we want to celebrate what God has already established for us and look ahead to what he might uh, do in the future. So I'm going to pray and then we will jump into it. Father, thank you uh, for this gift of this church body that we have, this church family we know that you have said you will build your church, you will establish it, um, and we have seen that throughout history, and um, we have seen that in our own lives and in our own church uh, as well. And so, Lord, we just praise you for your faithfulness. Um, we thank you for the ways that you have consistently shown up um, to your people throughout all of time uh, and through us in our current time. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So as we look ahead and as we celebrate what God has done, I kind of want to frame it around asking the question, why is it that we do what we do, right? Why do we have churches? What is their purpose? And what is our specific purpose or our specific mission as Resurrection City? So our mission statement, uh, if you haven't heard it before, is to glorify God by seeing people, our city, and the world made new in Jesus, our Savior and King. So we're going to talk about that, and I'm going to be kind of weaving that in and out. So I just want to throw it out there now so you can see it, but I'll pull it back up. So if you're a note taker or something, don't worry, it's coming back. Um, and I, the other thing I want to talk through or think through are the, the purposes of all church, right? Capital C Church. And so typically, in general, people talk about five different purposes of a church. We're going to walk through each of these, so again, it will come back. But the five purposes, as I'm phrasing them, are worship, evangelism, discipleship, service, and belonging. And so we're going to kind of walk through each of these and talk about how our mission statement aligns with those things and how we see that, how we've seen God work in those areas and how we hope to see him continue to do that. So let's start with worship. Um, this is something that we see in Scripture uh, if you think about one of the really famous verses, a thing that Jesus has said in Matthew 22, 37 and 39, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And later in scripture, we see in Romans, um, Paul talks about how he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so this is something that we see as part of our mission statement to glorify God. That's the very first part of our mission statement. It's something that overarches all the other things that we do. It's something that in every aspect of it, we are aiming to glorify God and to worship him together. But it's also something that's specific, right? When I talk about worship... Um, we know that it doesn't just happen on Sunday mornings, and that's why if you were here with us last week, we talked a lot about how faith and um, our vocations tie together. We had those really beautiful prayers that everyone um, 
prepared for different vocations. And so if you missed that, I highly encourage you to go back and watch it. And if you were one of the people who wrote one of the prayers, thank you. That was, that was really meaningful. Um, and so we obviously know that work and the things we do outside of the time we have together on a Sunday are all part of worship, right? As Romans says, we want to worship in everything that we do. We want it to be our lifestyle. And we also think that it's important to worship together as a body. It's a pattern we see in Scripture, um, and it's something that we want to do uh, in our, as our church together. And looking back at the past year, this is crazy to me because, it, I mean, the last few years, it's just been such a time warp. Uh, you know, like, who, when did the year start? When did it end? When was 2020? That feels like eight years ago. Um, and so just in 2021, I looked back, we have worshipped online, where it was Joel and I from our house and streaming to all of you in your houses. We have worshipped here in person with seating charts. If anyone remembers the days of seating charts, I know the welcome team does. Um, With no singing, with masks, with uh, all sorts of precautions. And for a brief time in the summer, it felt like normal and we didn't have those precautions. And then we kind of had to go back to that. We also had a chance to do an outdoor service uh, at a park, which was a really great way to worship together. Um, And we've had a chance to partner with other churches for like our joint Christmas Eve service. And so there's been a lot of change in one year, probably more change than um, we expected to have in our first three years of a church, maybe even our first five years or maybe more than that. Uh, And I just think one of the things that we can celebrate as a community is how gracefully you all have managed that change. I know it's been hard. This year has not been easy. And in some ways, I felt personally that 2021 was actually harder than 2020. Uh, It just felt like trying to continue to move through this pandemic life and deal with the constant changes. I know it's been difficult. And it's just something I think we can celebrate the way that God has brought us together and kept us unified uh, throughout all of these different changes. And when I say unified or talk about unity, I don't mean uniformity. We have had different opinions on things, and that is okay. That is good. We should have a church where people can have different opinions and we can still come together to worship. Uh, And I just think it's important to celebrate that God has kept us focused on the mission of worshiping him, of bringing glory to him through our worship, uh, and no matter how we do it, we've, God has gifted us with unity to be able to continue through that. And that's something worth celebrating, and I think it's something worth aiming to continue. Um, because looking ahead, we really learned as a church early on that it doesn't matter where we are to worship together, but it matters how, how we're able to gather and to worship God. And so it's not about a specific space. It's not about a specific building. Uh, it's about the people of God coming together. And I kind of think of it a little bit like uh, a family. So if your family um, lived, I lived in my childhood home from birth to 18, right? My family is still in that home. But I know that that's not necessarily the most common experience. And I think when you think about families, the home is important, right? It's a place where memories are made. It's a shelter. It's a gathering space. uh, It's an important thing. And at the same time, you can move homes and your family is still your family, right? Those relationships remain the same even if you are living in a different space. And so I think the church is a lot like that. 
no matter where we are together for worship, we are still a church family, a church body, and we can do that wherever God calls us. And so we are going to continue to hang on to that idea and to be flexible and open to what God leads us to in these next few years, whether that's here or whether that's somewhere else. Um, we know that we, continue to, we can continue to worship God as a family no matter the circumstances uh, that life seems to throw our way. Okay, the next, um, I'm going to kind of combine these two, not because they're the same, but because I want to talk about them together. Um, the next two purposes that I often see are evangelism and discipleship. So there's lots of verses here you could go to for these, um, but I think of specifically Acts 1.8, when Jesus is uh, about to ascend and, and leave the disciples after he's been resurrected, and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, and then a famous passage that it gets used often when talking about evangelism and discipleship, Matthew 28, says, Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, uh, and look, I will be with you every day until the end of this present age. So those are really common verses when we think about evangelism and discipleship and how we can individually go out and do that. And there are other places that, um, in the book of Ephesians, which is actually a good throwback to our launch. It was the very first book that we went through as a church uh, that talks about how the church has a role in that and what the church's um, goal and mission should be. In Ephesians 3.10, uh, it says that God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens the many different varieties of his wisdom through the church. Not through the gospel, although I think that is implied, not through individuals, but through the church. And in Ephesians 4, 11, and 13, uh, it talks about how Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, which we'll talk about soon, uh, so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So you hear a lot of things in those verses about evangelism, about sharing the good news of Jesus with other people, and also about teaching and growing as a body, becoming more mature and having a deeper understanding of who God is and what that means for us in our own lives. And this is really the heartbeat of Resurrection City, this idea of transformation, of people being transformed by who Jesus is, learning who he is, being transformed by his word, being transformed in community. Uh, that's what we're all about. We're all about new life. It's in our name, Resurrection City, right? We want to see new things coming. Uh, and it's also in our mission statement. So as I said before, part of our mission statement is to glorify God by seeing people and our city and the world made new in Jesus, our Savior and King. So we want people to know Jesus and the transformation that comes with him. We want them to know the freedom from shame, from self-consciousness, from guilt, from being enslaved to sin, because we believe it's the best thing that's ever happened to us, and we want to share it with everybody else. And we've had moments of that big life transformation uh, to celebrate in the last year. Most notably, I always think about baptism. So this past summer, we got to hear Patrick's story of how he decided to trust in Christ and to get baptized. 
And in that baptism, signaling, I love this picture because you can kind of see it happening, signaling his transformation from death to life as he goes under the water and comes back up. I actually have a video um, of this on my phone, and I, I wish I could play the video. I maybe could have looked into how to do that, but because I love it because as soon as he comes back up, uh, everybody around, we were all standing kind of around in a circle because the lake had E. coli again. <laughs> I don't, this is like, we've done baptisms three times, and two of the times the lake has had E. coli, so I think we're going to look for a different lake in the future. Um, so we had to use this horse trough, and we were all standing around uh, this horse trough. And as soon as he came back up at that signaling of life and new life and being raised from the dead, everyone just clapped and cheered. And it was this beautiful moment because it was this, I think whenever I watch somebody gets, get baptized, it reminds me of the transformation that I've had in my own life. And to see everybody celebrating that together is just so powerful. And if you're like, where's Patrick? I haven't seen this guy. Unfortunately, he moved shortly after this. Um, but we loved getting to celebrate with him uh, and just pray as we look ahead that God would continue to be working in um, our lives and the lives of other people around us, people who come to Res City or who haven't yet, uh, that God would be giving them that uh, spirit of transformation and that desire to have that new life in Christ. Because we'd love to continue celebrating that with people. It's our, it's our heartbeat, as transformation, being made new in Jesus. And shifting to the discipleship side, um, we've also seen a lot of growth and understanding of who God is and how to follow him in different areas of the church, right? Community groups, in kids' ministry, in classes like our Identity and Calling class that we did this fall, in our Racial Reconciliation Prayer and Discussion group, um, and even in our question and response time that we had after our fall sermon series, if you were here with us then. It was just a great way to see the way that God has revealed himself to us and helped us grow in our understanding, become more mature, and become more Christ-like in community in these different areas. And I'd love to share, you know, stories of every single moment of those transformation. Uh, but the truth is, I don't even know them all, because I'm not in every community group. I'm not in everything but you are. And so I would encourage you this week, um, as you celebrate what God has done in Res City over these last three years, that you would reflect on that. Reflect on moments that God has helped you grow in your own understanding of him, um, and reflect on the transformation you've seen in the lives of others. My hope is that you can think about your community group or your, um, the people that you spend time with, your welcome team, whatever it is, and to, to remember moments where it's like, oh yeah, I got to see that person grow. And that was really a cool way and a cool thing to celebrate um, God working in those people. As we look ahead, right, I told you we were going to celebrate and look ahead to what's next. Uh, one of the things that we're hoping to do that's a little different than what we've done in the past uh, is something called Alpha. So if you're not familiar with Alpha, it's a, I don't know, it's not really a class. It's more of a discussion group where we can get together, share a meal together, and then have conversation around particular topics relating to faith. So usually there's some kind of like, I don't know, presentation again is not the right word because it's less formal than that. But there's some kind of like topic and, and presented and then it's really a chance to ask questions and say, you know, I'm not sure if I agree with that or I have further questions about what that means or what that looks like. And we're hoping to have people who, you know, maybe have been following Jesus for a long time, and maybe people who aren't even, wouldn't even say that they're following Jesus yet, come to this group to be able to have these discussions. 
In the past, we've done something called views and brews, and so we're kind of rolling that into this. It's a space where you can bring all your doubts, bring your questions, um, and bring people who might be interested in having those discussions. So as something looking forward, we'd love to have you sign up for that. Uh, and I'd highly, highly consider that if you know someone who might be interested in having discussions like that, even if you know that they're not interested in Christianity, we'd love for you to consider bringing them with. And one of the hard things about this is I know everybody has a lot going on. And I know that coming out of the pandemic, we've been trying to um, pare back our schedules a little bit. I think we've all realized, like, wow, it was nice to have some margin in our life. Let's try to hold on to that. Uh, and so I don't want to push you to overschedule yourself. And at the same time, this transformation, this idea of learning about who Jesus is, coming to know him, coming to know what that means personally for your life, that is like, if you're going to give your time to anything, that is something that is worthwhile giving your time to. And so if you know someone, instead of just saying, hey, I think you should go to that, that thing, I'd highly encourage you to go with them, come alongside them and say, hey, I'm in this too. I want to hear what you think, and I want to be able to share what I think as well. So encourage you to think about that. We'll have more information soon. It's probably going to start in March, I believe, is what we said. So more information about that to come. But we're hoping to continue to grow um, in our evangelism and discipleship in other ways as well. Uh, I get a lot of questions about, like, our kids' ministry, is that going to grow? We've got kids that are getting older. What is that going to look like? Um, and yes, we have plans to hopefully continue that on, to add as our, as our kids grow. Um, it's fun to reflect back. Again, we started with seven kids at Res City. Uh, and that has more than tripled in the last three years. And so we are excited to continue to grow with our kids and with Res City Kids. Um, we are hoping to add more another community group at some point in this year. I know community group has been a huge part of how many of you have felt connected to Resurrection City, have experienced growth, have experienced God uh, and friendship with one another. And we're hoping to create more spaces for more people to be able to be a part of that. And then another thing is that our next sermon series. So we've been um, kind of going through a few small things this, to start the new year, but next week we're going to be kicking off a longer sermon series called He Refreshes My Soul. And we're going to be talking uh, about practices and habits that help us connect with God and form us into people who are more Christ-like. Um, but we want to do it in a way that actually refreshes you because I think... As I said before, we're all a little bit tired, or we're all trying to like manage our schedules now after coming out of um, the pandemic and, and looking at, you know, do I want to keep things in my life, or what, what do I want to put my time towards? And I think that we want to do this and talk about these things in a way that isn't going to feel like an extra burden or like more things I have to do, and now I just feel like, ugh, I don't have time already, how do I fit this in, or I'm not doing a good enough job. We don't want to do that. We're we're taking the name of the sermon series from Psalm 23, so he refreshes my soul, uh, and it's imagery about God being a shepherd who tends to his sheep, taking care of them, and helping them stay on the right path, right? He's saying, I'm going to guide you. I'm not just going to, you know, taking care of you and refreshing you doesn't just mean letting you go and do whatever, doing whatever you want. I actually want to guide you onto the right path, the right habits, um, but in such a gentle and loving way. So that's our goal for this series. I'm really excited about it. I know Joel is really excited about it as well. So hopefully um, we'll see you next week to kick that off. And then 
with talking about evangelism and discipleship, um, there's another part of our mission statement that fits this well, too. The idea of seeing the world made new in Jesus. So there's two parts to this as we think about it. One is the traditional uh, side of like missions that you might think of. And this is definitely a part of how we see this happening. Um, in the past year, we've had the opportunity as a church to support uh, several different individuals who are sharing God's word and hoping to help people grow and know about Jesus. Uh, we've got Norm and Jamie. Um, they are in Thailand planting a church or hoping to move towards planting a church. We've got Amy, who some of you might know. Um, she is the leader of InterVarsity, which is a campus organization over at Hamlin. Um, and then we've got Megan Holm. She is in Ethiopia, also working with church planting and was starting a school there uh, as well. And so this is something we are excited to support them financially and spiritually. Um, and we are hoping that in the next year, we might actually have somebody, um, people within Resurrection City who are considering going into the mission field. And so we're really excited about what it could look like to help support them in all the different ways that we can uh, as we hope to share the good news and see people made new all over the world. And then a less traditional way of thinking about this, but that is something that Joel and I have thought about from the very beginning of starting this church, is that we knew with the age group of generally of people that we have in this church, you are all sort of in this transitional period of time still, right? People move for different reasons, whether they get married or they get a job somewhere else um, or whatever happens. And while this is always so sad for us, because if you can't tell, we really like you guys a lot. And so it really is hard for us when someone moves or someone has to leave. Um, at the same time, the way I, I deal with that sadness is by reminding myself that this is part of the mission, right? We want to help people be made new and transformed while they're here with us. And then if they leave and go out, that they can take that with them, take the lessons that they've learned and take the ways that they've learned about who God is and bring that to wherever they go next. And so um, as I was thinking about that in the last couple of weeks, I reached out to a couple people who have recently, um, who have been with us for a while but have recently left for different reasons and just asked them. I said, you know, how has God worked in your life and your time at Res City? What did that look like? And how did it maybe help you, if it did, <laughs> help you to get ready for this next stage that you're in? And so um, I, have, I heard back from a couple people, one of them being Allie Gerlach, or formerly Gerlach. She recently got married. Um, and she said, being a part of Res City taught me the value of community, the faithfulness of God when you trust his guidance and follow his lead, and that God can and will use you even if you might not feel qualified for the job. It brought me to a place where I was ready and prepared for change, which has been plenty for me in the last year. New home, new marriage, new job, new church community. God proves himself faithful. He did it through my experience with Res City, and he is still proving himself faithful today. And then she wished us happy birthday, which is so sweet of her. Uh, Allie was with us from the very beginning. She helped us plant Resurrection City Church. Um, and I just loved hearing how, from her perspective, seeing the way that God was faithful to us to go out and start this new thing with this you know, small group of people really helped her helped cement that in her mind, that God is faithful and he will provide when you step out and do new or challenging things. I also reached out to Mark Budlong, who uh, recently moved to Colorado, and asked him the same question. And he said that 
Res City showed him the importance of community and building up relationships within the church and outside of it. And he said that we helped him see that God doesn't want perfection. He just wants you. I thought that's such a good message to uh, consider as we think about what's next. I mean, it's the beginning of the year. I know you probably are considering that in your own life as well as we consider what it means for us as a church. But just to remember, God doesn't want perfection. He just wants us. He wants us to faithfully follow him uh, and to show up and to continue to live out this mission and these purposes of the church that he's given us. So the fourth purpose of the church that um, I wanted to talk about is service. So I already uh, started reading the verse from Matthew 22, where Jesus says that the first commandment is to love the Lord your God. And he finishes by saying, and the second, the second most important thing is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you look in other places in Matthew, uh, just a few chapters later, Jesus says, he talks about how, um, he's talking to, to people and he's saying, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the people who are there are like, um, I don't remember any of that. Like, we didn't do that, Jesus. What are you talking about? Like, that's not, that's never happened. And he replies and says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So Jesus identifies so closely with those in need that he says that whatever you do for them, you're actually doing for him. It's almost like when someone takes care of one of your family members or someone that you're very close with, maybe a very close friend, and you feel so thankful to that person, almost as thankful as if they were doing it for you because you care so deeply and feel so connected to that person. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying the people who are in need, the people who um, are poor or sick or hungry, he says, anytime you care for them, it's like, it's like you're caring for me because I love them so dearly and they are so connected to me. And that is a part of our mission statement as well. We want to see our city made new in Jesus, our Savior and King. And so I think this is one of the things that I've been so encouraged. You guys have jumped on this right away and been very excited to serve in our community and care for people uh, who are in need. And so some of the ways we've done that in this past year Um, We had our big back-to-school event with Hamlin Elementary where we gave away so many school supplies um, and just were able to be there for that community. We had some people taking pictures of um, kids and their families so that they could take those home. Uh, And then there's other things we've done with the school too. We've really, you know, again, as part of our history, we started out meeting in that elementary school before we moved here. And so we really feel a deep connection to them and want to continue to serve them in whatever ways we can. Um, And you guys have done that. You've helped out with gardening outside and all the flowers and things. Um, You've done other outdoor projects. I think one of these pictures, there used to be these like cloth ribbons through the fences um, and they (laughs) were in rough shape. And so I asked the principal, what do you need from us? How can we help you? And she said, you can take those down. (laughs) And so one of our community groups did that on a Thursday night. Um, I heard it was very dirty (laughs) and very messy project, um, and they were able to help out with those types of things. Um, We also partner with Every Meal to provide meals for students at Hamlin Elementary. Um, We've helped out with Angel Tree and Prison Fellowship this year. For those of you who are able to be there for our Angel Tree Christmas party, we got to give away the gifts that um, we had 
purchased on behalf of the parents that are incarcerated. And uh, one of the kids after the party told the person giving them a ride that it was epic. And so <laughs> it's just a fun way to be involved and to care and get to know people in our community. Um, we've helped out with an organization called Settled uh, that helps those who are experiencing homelessness. Um, and then, honestly, the biggest thing that I want to celebrate is the stuff that all of you have done on your own initiative. I hear stories about community groups that are, some, we have community groups who started doing blood drives in this building. We've got community groups who've done yard work for elderly people in Hamlin Midway neighborhood. We've had community groups who have helped local families in need by providing things for them. Um, it's just really cool. I've heard, just heard this morning that one of the groups is creating, uh, I think, like packs for uh, those experiencing homelessness to be able to hand them out or to give them to people. And so I just am so encouraged by the way you guys have really taken this part of the purpose of the church and of our mission very seriously. Uh, and we want to continue to do that. That's something that continues to be important to us. Looking ahead, we wanna, we're excited to do the back-to-school event with Hamlin again next year. We're hoping to be able to sponsor more kids through Every Meal um, and more Angel Tree families uh, at Christmas time. And just to, I'm excited to just see how you continue to do this in your own ways. And I also want to encourage you by saying that this stuff is slow going. <laughs> Creating relationships in the community, showing people that we care, um, and trying to really show up for people, it takes time. Relationships take a lot of time to build. And uh, especially, I think, in our neighborhood and our context, there's a lot of people, maybe even some of you who are here today, who are skeptical of the church. Right? They've been hurt by it, or they've seen things or heard things that they don't agree with or that they dislike. And so when we show up and say, hey, we want to help, it takes people a while to warm up to that idea sometimes. And so I want to celebrate the progress that we've made in that. I think we've made some really great relationships with people in the community. Um, and I just want to say, keep going. It's going to take consistent, faithful, thoughtful work in this area. Um, and I'm excited to see the fruit that God's going to continue to produce out of what we're doing in, in the community. Okay, the last um, purpose of the church that we talk about, I, I called it belonging. Um, you might call it community or fellowship or whatever you want to call it. Um, and this is something, again, that is also overarching and like specific in the ways that worship. Like we worship in everything we do and we worship on Sunday mornings. I think belonging, we're hoping that that happens in all areas of our church. But we also have specific ways that we do it like community groups or Sundays or different things. Some places that we see this in scripture, Acts 2 uh, talks about the early church and it says that every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes and ate together. Um, they praised God and enjoyed the favor of all people. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, this is, I love Hebrews, this is one of my favorite verses. He says, let us consider now how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So it just reminds us of the importance of being together. <laughs> I think, of, you know, of all times, we feel this, right, after having to have been apart in different times, um, and even recently, I know many of you have had to quarantine for different reasons. We've had to. Um, it's just hard to be apart. There's something about being together, meeting together, um, and spurring one another on, encouraging one another, that is just so, so important. And so on one hand, yes, belonging means finding community, right? It means finding friendships, having people who know you and knowing other people. 
and just having fun, right? We like to have fun too. But it also means much more than that. I think especially uh, in the early church, it meant much more to them. It meant being on mission together, living a life of intentionality toward what God has called us to do, to love God and to love others, to share the good news of Jesus with others, to grow in maturity and in Christ-likeness together. And so I want to ask, as we kind of get towards the end here, what does this mean for you? I've talked a lot about the church and about what has happened and what we hope to have happened, but what does this mean specifically for you? I was recently asked by someone why I do what I do. They were like, wow, three years, that's, you know, like, that's probably really hard. Church planning is probably a lot, you know, and they wanted to know, how do you find the motivation to, like, keep going? (laughs) Because especially church planning, I mean, the last three years, anybody who tried to start something in the last three years knows that it's been really challenging. And at the core of that, you won't be surprised to hear this, but at the core for me, what my motivation is, is the way that Jesus has transformed my life. How much knowing and following him has given me restoration and healing from trauma. It's given me the freedom to find my identity in him and to really be myself and to be the person he's called me to be, not try to compare myself or live, you know, try to live somebody else's life. It's given me security in knowing that I am unconditionally loved. No matter what happens in my relationships here on earth, I know that I am unconditionally loved by the Father. And it's given me this great community to experience all of this together with. So to me, yes, my life has difficulties. No, Jesus does not make everything perfect as much as I wish that, you know, it would just sort of be this magic fix-all of everything. It's not how it works. But when I look at my life and I try to imagine what my life would be like if I didn't have that transformational experience of new life and being made new in Christ, I honestly think, I don't know what I would do. I think about how the difficulties I've faced since I've made the decision to follow Jesus. And I think without knowing him, I don't know where I'd be. (laughs) I probably would have given up a long time ago. I'd probably be depressed, uh, self-medicating, in unhealthy relationships, constantly trying to prove myself to other people. And so for me, looking back at this, it gives me the motivation to do what we do, to to live out this purpose of the church, because I know what a difference it has made in my own life. And so I don't know what it is for you. I don't know what kind of transformations you've had in your life as you've come to know Jesus or as you've continued to follow him. Or maybe you haven't experienced that yet, and you're here just kind of checking things out, and that's okay too. Uh, But whatever it is, whatever those experiences are, um, I encourage you to reflect on them and to think about them. Or maybe your motivation is different. When you think about why am I involved in a church, maybe you have a different motivation. Uh, But I just encourage you to reflect on that. Because church is not a uh, single-person sport. (laughs) It is not something that we can do on our own. It's not something that Joel and I can do on our own. It is a team effort. Um, We are all involved in this together. And so whatever it is, this transformation that you've experienced, it should propel us forward uh, to see that newness brought to other people, to our city, and to our world, all through Jesus. And for me, the transformation that comes in my life through knowing Jesus, it actually gives me an urgency to see this happen. Like I said, when I look back at my life and I think about what, where I would be if I didn't know Jesus, it gives me an urgency to share that 
that new life and that transformation with other people or to care for others who are in need in our city or to think about how I can support people who are going um, into different areas of the world to share the good news of Jesus. And I think that uh, it's easy to look at our culture right now and to look at all the things that are wrong and to point them out and to be really cynical about things changing or about how difficult and hard these last few years have been. But I think the promise that God is working in and through us should give us a sense of urgency to not just point out the problems or to think about them, but to actually want to go and be a part of that mission. Right? Our mission statement says to glorify God by seeing people our city and the world made new in Jesus. And we intentionally chose a um, non-active language, right? It says to glorify God by seeing. Usually in a mission statement, you want it to be like direct and to the point, like this is what we are doing. We are taking this. We are doing this. Um, and we intentionally chose something that was less active because we wanted to acknowledge that it doesn't come from us. It all comes from God. He is the one who brings transformation and new life into other people and into the world. Um, it's not something we can do on our own. And yet, he calls us to be an active participant in it. He gives us a role to play in this mission uh, and in his kingdom. And so as we think about that, it's really important for us to be involved and to know how we can be stepping forward and stepping into that. I recently read a book um, in the last couple of years where the author talked a lot about renewal and revival and like kind of the history of it, how it happens in churches and in communities. Um, and the way he talks about that, he just says renewal is um, the refreshment, the release and advan advancement that individuals, churches, groups, and, cultural, and cultures experience when they are realigned with God's presence. So I'm not talking about anything crazy. I'm just talking about transformation, God moving, um, and you know what he says the biggest thing that is a, the biggest blockage to renewal is? I would have thought he was going to say like, you know, the culture or just like oh, some of the hard things that we deal with or the, you know, differences we come across with other people. He says the biggest blockage to renewal is ourselves. He goes on to talk about how he says all of us are called to walk the process of renewal or called discipleship. Stepping into the personal renewal that God wishes for us is the surest lever for influencing a church, a family, or an organization towards its purposes. So he says, look, it's not like, you know, churches just need to figure it out or organizations need to have a better mission statement or, you know, fill in the blank. Yes, those things are all important. But he says the biggest thing that you can do to see renewal, to see transformation, to see new life is to step into it yourself. And so when I think about what, you know, how can you be involved? How can we as individuals step into the mission of the church, both the larger purposes of the church that God has set and our specific mission statement? And my number one thing is to seek transformation in your own life, right? It has to start with each of us, me included. Every single one of us has to be personally experiencing that life-changing transformation that comes from knowing Jesus on a regular basis if we want to see anything happen in other people or in our city or in the world. And so this is part of also why we're starting this new sermon series that's going to be all about this, right? We are trying to see how we can step into the renewal God has for us and so we can go on and share it with other people as well. The second thing when I said of how you can be involved, 
just pray for Resurrection City. We really believe that prayer is important, that it's powerful, that it's meaningful, and that it actually does do something. And I think this one is one of those things that I often think like, yeah, you know, like some, I'll pray for somebody or I'll do these things. But I want to really, as we step into this new year, really step into intentional prayer that God would be working in and through Resurrection City Church, in and through each one of us. And then the last thing um, that as thinking about how you can be involved, I just said belong, right? That last purpose of the church is belonging. And I think we're all called to be a part of this community or of a church community. And so as you think about how can I belong, how can I step into these purposes, I would just ask you, you know, on one hand, we talked last week a lot about gifting and, and what you're good at. And so what, what area, what purpose of the church are you really gifted in that you can lean into and say, I'm here, I'm offering what God has given me to help see this transformation happen. And then the second side of it is, which side or which purpose of the church do you feel like you're not that strong in that maybe you need to take some steps to grow in? I don't expect, again, like Mark said, we don't expect perfection here. (laughs) We don't expect you to be perfect at all of these. We don't even expect you to be, like, great or good at all of these things. But I think God is calling us to each one of them. And so what, how can you take steps? You know, if one of those things is something you're less comfortable with or less um, gifted in, uh, how can you take a step in that? How can you learn maybe from someone else in the church who is gifted in those areas? Or how can you just take a step of faith and say, God, I know that this is not my thing, but you've called me to do this, and so I'm going to take a step to try and um, just be a part of what you're doing and to trust that his faithfulness will be there um, and will support you in that. So as we close, I just wanted to end with, um, I've recently been listening to this song, uh, a worship song by Maverick City Music um, called Firm Foundation. And some of the lyrics say, it says, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. He's faithful through generations, so why would he fail now? He won't. And I just love that, that question of, and thinking back of how God has been so faithful to his people throughout time, to his church throughout time. And so when we get scared or when we start to think like, what's next for us? How is this going to work? How are we going to step into whatever God has for us? Uh, it's a good, be, good thing to ask that question. Why would he fail now? Because he won't. We can trust that. We can believe and trust in his firm foundation uh, as we step into whatever God has called us to do. And I'm not saying that that's going to look perfect. Um, as you look back at the, the history of the church, maybe you look at it and think, uh, that doesn't look like God's faithfulness to me. That's really messy. Or there's a lot of things in there that I wouldn't agree with or I wouldn't um, want to continue now. And I think that's okay. We like to think that like, you know, God's faithfulness means everything's going to go perfectly. But I think the real thing is that God is faithful throughout all of that. Even though people made mistakes, even though there are things that we would look at our, the church's history and say, that's, that's not something we want to celebrate. God's still faithful through that, and that didn't stop his mission from going forward. And so as we step into whatever God has called us into in this season as Resurrection City, we can know that he will be faithful. He's our firm foundation, um, and he's not going to fail now. So I'm going to pray for us, uh, and then we'll head back into a time of worship and communion. Father, uh, we do praise you that you are a rock that we can stand on that we can trust that you are working no matter um, what the circumstances, no matter what the challenges, 
um, and that you are with us in the celebrations and in the praises. You uh, have been with the church through generations, and we praise you for that, and we know that we are a part of something that is much bigger than us, much bigger than us as individuals, much bigger than us as Resurrection City, uh, that you are working towards your mission of bringing new life, of bringing transformation, uh, and of bringing the truth of Jesus and of who he is and what that means for us. So Lord, uh, we just praise you. And so as we enter into this time of uh, worship, I just ask that you would help us to celebrate you, to love you, and to worship you um, in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> 